You're listening to episode number 14 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys, this conversation with Angie Lee was straight magic. Not only do we just get along really well, and not only is Angie hilarious, but we also jump headfirst into some super important soulful topics like bravery, vulnerability, cultivating high vibe energy, and what the heck that even means, holistic wellness, and so much more. And in case you're not already hooked on this episode, let me tell you a little bit more about Angie. Angie describes herself as the business bestie you've always wanted. She's a super successful business mentor and serial entrepreneur, but she is the farthest thing from a boring businesswoman. Angie is obsessed with helping women gain more clients, confidence, and cash flow, and she does it in a way that is super authentic, fun, and open-minded. She is far from stereotypical. Can you tell that I love this girl? And even for my non-business babes out there, you're still going to love this episode. We still talked about so many things that we can all apply to our daily lives. So I cannot wait for you to hear her story and soak up her magic today. Before we get to the interview, let's read the review of the week. This one comes from Andrea Williams, and she says, amazing inside and out. I've been following Marie for many years and she strives for nothing but greatness. She is so raw and real and always herself. She's so uplifting and really helps me stay motivated. She's amazing and has helped me change my life and make me feel confident being me. Thank you, Marie, for all of your amazing content. Andrea, you are too sweet. I cannot say enough how grateful I am for the community that supports me in all that I do. And I am by no means a perfect person and I definitely don't have it all figured out. But above all, I want to hold space for us all to just be ourselves and work on ourselves. So I do my best to show up authentically and vulnerably and just be myself so that you guys feel comfortable doing the same. Because the truth is, The women in this community do all of those things and more for me. So thank you for being here. You guys make me feel like a unicorn and it's the best. So thank you so much. I appreciate you guys more than you could ever know. If you want to hear your review read on next week's show, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. I love reading your feedback and ratings and reviews are actually the number one way we can grow our community and climb the podcast charts. So thank you in advance if you take a minute to do so. Now let's get into today's show. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Before we jump into the good stuff, I have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sculpted Strong, which if you didn't know, is my very own fitness app. I just started going through the workouts again myself, and I am having an absolute blast. It is so nice to be able to just open the app, select that day's workout, and follow along with the videos and cues, which were all custom made by yours truly. Sculpted Strong is a 12-week program that focuses on building a strong, toned, and feminine physique while also gaining confidence and feeling amazing from the inside out. 
Hundreds of women have already seen incredible results from this program and not to brag or anything, but the workouts are also super fun. So if you're looking for something that will both transform your body and make you fall in love with the gym again, this is the program for you. For more info and to sign up, go to mariewoldapp.com. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D-A-P-P.com. And because my podcast listeners are just the best, I created a discount code that will save you $10 on your enrollment and it's PODLOVE. That's code P-O-D-L-O-V-E on mariewoldapp.com. I know that you're going to love this app and this program as much as I do, and I cannot wait to see your transformation. Okay, Angie, now that we have already chatted for like 30 minutes before we hit record, we have to dive into the good stuff. So let's start with the basics. Like, who are you? Where are you from? What's your story? What's my sign? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Pisces from Chicago. I'm from the Midwest. And we were just discussing that. And now I live in LA. But my cliff notes is I was blogging in college was bored because I hated school. And what happened is the accidental entrepreneur and the fact that I built an audience through just passion, sharing content, posting fitness videos. And what happened from this, this wellness blog is I realized that I really wanted to have a brand and a personal brand and have this voice for women and to inspire them. And over the years of having a wellness brand online, what happened is women then started to reach out and ask more about the marketing side and the business side. And I'm sure this happens to you now, Marie, where they're like, how did you build this? Or how did you do that? And it was kind of the next organic step for me. And I felt, okay, this would be fun to really go into more of what's also my passion, which is business, marketing, sales, all that good stuff. And so I built an online school for wellness professionals. I call them wellpreneurs, really walking them through all the digital marketing dorky stuff to really help them to get their business streamlined. So it's been it's been very interesting. It's kind of been this transition of just feeling into what feels good and quitting college a few few classes early to pursue this and go all in and as a content creator. And now I'm phasing even out of now the business coaching world and going into a physical product and events and books and we'll see where it all goes. But it's really been from following my intuition and taking a lot of risks and more than anything like you know, just really committing to building an audience along the way. I'm glad I started at 19. I'm 28 now. So it's been almost 10 years. But when I think about it, I'm like, I just now in the last year or two feel like, wow, all that audience building really paid off. So it, it takes time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get a lot of people like, how do I grow my Instagram so I can make money like you? And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, are you willing to spend three years not getting paid for all the content you're making? Because that's what I did. And not that that has to be the way for everyone, but like so many people expect it to just be like this instant business without serving first. And you and I have both had that experience where we like served, served, served for years before we ever pitched anything or sold anything to anyone. But that was like, got you good at making content, like connecting with people. Yeah, I didn't even know it was possible then because this was back in 20... 11, 12, 13. I mean, the internet wasn't what it even is now. Social media wasn't really what it is now. I mean, this was back in MySpace, the MySpace days when I was making some tips. I was like, everybody do burpees today. Like it was really like basic, silly, but like content that was, you know, authentic to me at the time. And what I knew, I was a personal trainer on campus. I was a nutritionist. So I would basically just document what I was learning and what I was teaching and 
next thing you know, people said, oh, what are you eating or what are you doing? And then I competed in bikini shows and then documented that a little bit. And of course they're like, how are you so lean? And what are you doing? I'm like, what are you eating? I'm like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That was the secret. And so I've gone through a weird journey, but more than anything, I think I'm really just someone who is really in tune with, I got to only do what I really love. And like college, I hated it. And I felt like I kind of anticipated that social media was going to blow up. And I said, you know, I might as well put the focus and the energy into the online space. Cause if I go work as a dietitian or a nutritionist somewhere, I'm not going to make great money. And that's just going to be kind of a vicious cycle anyway. So entrepreneurship's always, always been in my blood. Yeah. Something that I think is really cool and interesting about you is like, you're so intuitive. And a lot of the things that you are sharing now are like gifts that you have had forever. So like you said, you just always do stuff that you love. And like you shared about your fitness journey and all that stuff before being like a fitness influencer was ever a thing. Like no one was doing that back then. And then also, you've always had like this entrepreneurial spirit. I remember reading your story about like the bracelets that you made your neighbors on Instagram. Can you like retell that? Because everyone needs to hear it. So when I was about eight years old, I found out what sales was. I was like, oh, if you make something awesome and incredible, you can then receive this thing called money. And then with money, I was able to buy Barbies. And I love Barbies, like Barbies and me. I didn't give up Barbies till like last year. Like that's how obsessed I not really, but sort of. And I was obsessed with Barbies and the Sims. So I would save up money. My mom would say, Angie, if you want to go get the new Sims or have a new Barbie doll, you have to work for it. You have to go mow the lawn or you're gonna have to start a business. I'm like, mom, I'm like, hey, what am I gonna do? And she would help me make these little clip art little pamphlets. And I would drive around the neighborhood with her and we'd stick them in there. And it would be for dog walking, car washing, lawn mowing, walking your cat, your bird, watering your grass, whatever. And then one day my mom came home with some arts and crafts. And one day my mom and I went to this arts and crafts store and I saw these hideous, ugly, glittery beads. This is when glitter was all the rave, you know, like glitter was in and made some glittery beads and they looked like shit. And they were in a big bowl, a plastic bowl. And I (laughs) knocked on my neighbor's doors in my entire neighborhood till like midnight and was like, Hey, these are my beads. They're a dollar. Do you want them? And these women, they were like, sure half of them because they felt bad for me and then the other half were like no some people said no and I was like oh my god this is rejection and so I had to get better at pitching I had to get more confident I had to definitely I really had to work on the quality of my product because it was a shitty little bracelet and so I would go home work on the bracelet make them nicer and my mom would give me tips on what to say and how to present it and that's really where this drive for sales began and I learned from as a little girl how to be a saleswoman and really Sales is just confidence. Sales is just loving what you have. And it's just a gift. It's just an exchange of energy. And so I literally knocked on doors in my neighborhood all the time to sell them stuff. (laughs) That is so pure and cute and hilarious. And just, I don't know. (laughs) I love it. But that does go to show like that sales is not like an inherently dirty or scummy or you know, like scammy process. Like if you have something that you believe is freaking cool and that other people would like, like you should share it with them. Absolutely. Always. And I think that when you don't see it as this burden and you start to see it as this gift and it's just an exchange of energy and it's a transfer of confidence. That's one of my favorite sales quotes. It's just a transfer of confidence. So you better believe at eight years old, I was obsessed with those beads. I thought they were the most beautiful, magical thing ever. And so of course, when I knocked on her door, I was like, you need this. This is amazing. 
you're going to look so beautiful, Mrs. Smith. Like, and so it works if, if she really feels like, wow, you're passionate about this. I guess I do need this to be beautiful. I mean, it's different when you're eight and they feel bad for you, but it's still that same concept of, I had to learn how to knock on the door, breathe and just say, own it. Okay. You love this. Share with her that you love it. And my mom would me on that. Like, just, just speak from your heart, tell them that you love it. And that's really still what I do at 28 years old. Now I just speak from my heart and I just share with people what I'm obsessed with. And it's like the same thing 20 years later, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that story. I think it's like one of the best origin stories that I've ever had on the show. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) So with all of your products and your businesses that you have, I'm sure that tackling fear and just like doing hard shit, even though it overwhelms you has been a huge factor. And you teach a lot about quote unquote fear gremlins. (laughs) So based on that, I have surmised that you've probably dealt with fear a lot because as creators and educators, we tend to always like teach on things that we are currently working through or have learned in the past. So what has your experience been with fear as you've been like building your businesses and just becoming the human you are now. Yeah. I believe that fear is my best friend now in a really weird way, but I think that at any stage of growth, you deal with it. And it's been from, I'm not lean enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not a good enough writer. I'm not good enough on camera. Someone else is doing this. What if no one buys this? What if this is a stupid idea? I mean, these are literally the ideas that go through our brain 24 seven. And I still deal with them on a daily basis now, obviously having a huge event coming up. I felt that usually it's in like these two minute bursts. I found out they're like in these little micro moments of the day where I'm just la di da. And all of a sudden he's like, you should not do this. This is stupid. No one will come to, you know, like no one will like, this is a bad idea. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to cancel it. And then I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. And so in that moment of no, let me reevaluate. Let me reassess. Is my passion to do this? stronger than my fear, yes or no. I almost have to go through this checklist process to convince myself that I am worthy of this and this is okay and I'm going to push through. And in the past, whenever I did something I was afraid to to do, it always worked out. I didn't die. So I kind of walked through this, this almost like this fear matrix and this questionnaire in my head of what will I miss out on if I don't push through? Why am I so afraid of this? What's the very worst thing that could happen? Can I still live if that happens? If that's a yes, I still do it. So I think it's important for the women listening to walk yourself through that process. Don't be afraid to sit in that fear for a minute, see what it is, see where it's coming from, talk to it, say, is this stupid? You're not real. I can make the decision. And so <laughs> you you get to own that conversation. You get to own your life. You get to own the fear and it's there to keep you motivated. And it's, it's healthy to have fear. It's, it's what makes us human. So I don't think the goal is to be fearless. I think that's kind of like a bull crap quote that's out there. I think the the goal is to be someone who does what you want to do regardless of that fear. So mine's mostly been around, you know, in the beginning when I left college, I thought, Oh my God, who's going to listen to a girl who's 22 years old. I just left college. Who's going to listen to a wellness and life coach writing this blog or, or, or getting on this video. Who's going to do that? I'm a baby. I felt like a very old soul. And so I just pushed through and said, F it. It doesn't matter if I'm here to share this message and it's helping people. I'm just going to keep doing it. And so I think at all stages I'm experiencing it. And I think anyone who says they're not is probably full of crap. So. <laughs> so relatable. So relatable. I mean, I'm 23 and I feel like I have so much learning and growth ahead of me, but you can't like not share things and not create, not help other people just because you know that you're going to learn more in the future. Like 
you will never help people and you will never show up if you just keep waiting, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're just, what are you waiting for? You know? (laughs) So with that and like with overcoming fear, like are there times that you succumb to it and like, have you gotten better at it? And if so, is it just like a practice thing or what are some like actionable things that people can do to get better at just like facing fear head on? Yeah. I believe that it's a muscle like any other muscle. So you work out, you're in fitness. And if it's like someone saying to you, do bicep curls still hurt? And you're like, well, yeah, but I'm used to it. And it's not like I'm not going to do the bicep curls or the burpees. And so you your muscle, you train this fear muscle and this section of your brain to actually know what it's like. And then when it experiences that feeling, it says, oh, okay, we've been here. Last time we didn't die. All right. Okay. Okay. Can we do this? Yeah. Were you proud of yourself last time you went through something? Yeah. And so you literally are training your brain to be more resourceful. You're training it to not be as anxious when it does face fear. I found that the more scary things I try, the easier it gets to be a daredevil or someone who wants to try things in business. And I feel that a lot of women, the first few things they do, it is the scariest. And then it does get better. Like fitness, it gets easier to do cardio and bicep curls because you've built up the endurance. It's almost like a, it's almost like there's this endurance for fear. There's this endurance for being a risk taker in business. And so first I would definitely have women realize that it does get easier. And then I would practice it in little daily things in your life. Maybe you're afraid to go ask that person across the street for something. Maybe you're afraid to raise your hand in a certain situation, do it in your small daily tasks in life. And then you'll notice it's easier to do it when you have a huge business decision that you have to make because you've built up, built up that endurance. Yeah. Love that. And going back to the whole like fear isn't something that's like bad. I read a really interesting quote the other day and was like, we can't demonize fear. We can't think of fear as something that like we should avoid altogether. And I also don't think being fearless is something that we should look to obtain either. Like that's not a real thing, but we should make it a goal to be brave not fearless, but we should be brave to where we can look at fear and like talk ourselves through it and overcome it and like take that step, but still acknowledge that it's there. Yep. Absolutely. And that's literally, I mean, that's so corny, but like, that's why I called my event pays me brave. Cause I think my whole life has been about courage and confidence and bravery, not this fearlessness. And when people ask me that, Oh, you seem like you don't have fears. You're trying new stuff all the time. It's not like that. It's not like I don't have those conversations in my like, head. Actually, I'm scared shitless every day, but I do it anyway. <laughs> 100%. I just do it anyway. I'm terrified. What if I fall on my face? What if this book sucks? What if this new company fails? What if this... I mean, there, I could do that forever right now. I could sit here and totally convince myself that I suck and I am the biggest failure, but I could also sit here and use that energy to convince myself that I'm worthy. This is a great idea. Why not? Why not me? we're all going to, you know, life is just a game that should be fun and playful anyway. And I think it should be infused with this, this, this ambiguity almost and this risk taking. So I just, I like to play the game of life. And I think that so many people let fear stop them instead of just seeing what it would be like to push through a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much amazing shit like on the other side of fear that so many people never get to see. And doesn't that just motivate you so much to continue pushing through it? You're like, well, last time I pushed through fear, some really cool stuff happened. So something even cooler will probably happen if I overcome an even bigger fear. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I know. I was like, that's a really good way to explain it is it's almost like it really goes back to exercise. It's so similar. It's like me telling you, Hey Marie, we're going to do 500 burpees 
in a month. Well, if you did maybe two every day up until then, or a few, it wouldn't be as big of a deal because you've built up the endurance and you know what to expect. So I think it's just like fitness and working out. It takes time and it takes practice. And the more you do it, the more your system gets used to it. And it's not as bad. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. And going back to Pace to be Brave, can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm so excited for you. Yes, we're going to get your booty there. It's going to be fun. I'm going to make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'll work on my accent between now and then. Oh my God, I love it. I was sitting there one day meditating, I think, or I was in the bathtub. That's where all my ideas come. And I was like, why isn't there a, you know, I'm kind of sick of some of these events that are like funnels and marketing and they're like really serious and intense. And you're like falling asleep at the conference. And then there's a ton where it's like super woo-woo and you're like, you know, doing drugs in San Diego talking about aliens. And I was like, okay, there needs to be like this middle, need a ground. middle ground. Yeah. We need a middle ground. Not to say there's going to be drugs at the event, but I think that um, <laughs> I, really, I really realized that women are craving an event like this, especially female entrepreneurs. There isn't a marketing and sales conference. There are a ton of male-driven and male-taught sales conferences. I've actually done so much market research on this that all of these top sales conferences and on YouTube right now, if you look up how to sell, it's all men's videos, which I'm like, Hey, there's a white, there's some space on YouTube right there, but it's so interesting. I was like, why isn't there, why, why aren't there female sales and marketing conferences? Why doesn't a female sales and marketing and confidence expo or like, why doesn't this exist? I just kind of kept like asking myself that. So long story short, I decided that why don't I just create it? I know that my future includes a lot more speaking and events. And now we've been spending the last few months putting it together and it's a whole new scary, crazy, fear-filled adventure, but I'm just breathing into it. And now I feel like the next one I do will be easier and I'll be able to speak from a place of experience and empathy for other women who host it. But I'm really excited. It's about 400 women in San Diego, all online entrepreneurs of all different industries at different stages of their business coming together to learn from some of the best and to experience an amazing blissful weekend in San Diego to, to plan their next business goals and to get unstuck. And I called it Paisley Brave because it is a business conference, but it's also about just stop the shit and stop, (laughs) stop letting your shit hold you back and stop letting them limiting beliefs hold you back. That's like my biggest, biggest mission. So I'm excited. Yes. It's going to be so cool. And going back to what you said about like so much of the sales training out there is men. I think it's going to be so interesting and so helpful to get some sales training and just insight from like a more, a place of more feminine energy because it's so much of sales and like the common principles that are out there right now are a hundred percent in the masculine energy, like scarcity buy now do this or else. And like there needs to be more feeling and more intuition and more just feminine energy out there for the sales process. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And and not in addition to that, some more around, you know, yeah, they're so obsessed with the funnels and the ads, but they forget to tell you about like heart-based copy and how to really feel into what feels good when you are posting that video or that podcast. And they just, they're missing so many elements that make us really powerful as female creators. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us more about like how you incorporate feelings and being heart-centered and like play and keeping your businesses lighthearted because that's like a huge thing I always see with you is like you talk about taking messy action you like have never done ads and you just always keep things like fun and light and you just do the stuff that you like to do yeah I just do me (laughs) (laughs) 
I just do me, girl. I just, I don't know. It, it wasn't fully intentional, but I just, I am one of those people that I'm ruthlessly authentic, which means I cannot do or say or be who I'm not because it just, you'll see it's weird. And so I think what happened is I didn't know how to run ads a few years ago. And so I said, you know, I think if I get on lots of live video, I could connect with women and solve their problems. And then if I have a program, I'll be able to sell with live video. So that was my intent. So that was the standard that I set. And so I was able to sell out majority of my programs last year and generate a seven figure business, literally from the power of live video and podcasting and being highly, highly engaged and valuable for my audience. And it's interesting because now I'm at a point where we do want to run ads and get more meticulous about it, but it did come from a heart centered place and play and joy for me has been the center of the business. My, my team knows if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And I think that through play and joy, you find creativity, you lessen your anxiety, you find your purpose in that you find your flow. And I just think running a business can be really boring if you're not having fun. So I try to infuse that play and that fun and that lightness and, and that joy. And I've now noticed that's what, why a lot of women follow me or want to be part of my community is they want to feel that joy and I want to give that back. And I want to remind them that building a business doesn't need to be heavy and dark and masculine all the time. I mean, yes, we're dealing with numbers and math and and money, but like, it doesn't need to be like that. And I think that the feminine energy and, and through play, oh my God, you can change the world through laughter and feeling good and being in a really high vibe state. And that's something to keep in mind for you ladies who maybe you're not in a high vibe state. You can't run a business without any gas. You can't run a business if you're feeling like a piece of poop. If you're not mm. feeling like 10 out of 10, no offense, people probably aren't going to buy from you or want to join whatever you're doing because you don't look joyful and happy. And I think that people want to be part of communities that are filled with joy. <laughs> so I, I believe that it's also my responsibility to give back this joy every day. And I don't record if I'm not feeling that way or if I'm not in that zone because it's my commitment to bring that version of Angie to my community. Love that. I want to hear more about what it means to like be high vibe and like be in your flow. What does that feel like? What does that mean? How can people get there? That's a really great question. I would say for me, it is when I'm exercising, of course, that's number one to get in high vibe because you're releasing endorphins and dopamine, serotonin. So for me, I like to manifest while I'm moving and think about what I want and get in that state while I'm on a walk, doing yoga, doing a HIIT workout. So I like to get in the state physically. And then I also think it's who you surround yourself with and the environment that you're in. So this could be where you live. This could be your friends, whatever that is for you, finding out what makes you the happiest you and getting into that high vibe state. I know some people it's music. They're very auditory. Some people it's visual. They want to see colors or go paint. Some people it's more kinesthetic. Usually if you're athletic or you've been an athlete, most of us who've been athletic have found that it's through our body that we find that joy and that high vibe feeling. So I make it a responsibility every day when I wake up and I ask myself the question, Angie, what is going to make you happy today? What would make Angie happy? What would make Angie feel aligned? and grateful and ready to serve and the highest vibe version of Angie that's possible because that's the girl that I bring to my community. It's who I bring to my team, to my assistant, to my boyfriend, to my brother who I run a business with. And I've realized if I don't bring her, it doesn't go well. And if they don't bring their high vibe, it doesn't go well. So I don't think it's selfish. I actually think it's our responsibility to find what makes us happy and joyful. So as an entrepreneur, as someone that has businesses and teams and like, you've got shit to do. How do you balance like wanting to be high vibe and in the flow and showing up like fully as yourself with needing to 
do stuff? Like, how do you keep that balance? Yeah. Yeah. You mean like life balance with social life or? I want to know how you get into a flow and how you stay high vibe so that you can do things in your business. And when you're not feeling that way, how do you just take a step back? You know, like how do you rectify those days when you're not feeling it? Do you just not work or what do you do? Yeah, it's interesting. I've noticed that it's one or two. If I feel like I'm 80% there and what I really need is a bath or a walk, you know, we're kind of like plants. We need some water. (laughs) We need some light. You know, we need some food. You know, we're just plants basically. So I, I like check those three and I'm like, okay, are you hungry? Do you need to go drink some celery juice and get some protein in, go on a walk, go on a hike, take a shower, a cold freezing shower to wake up? And then are you in a better state? Or is this really one of those days where you need to be a hermit, reset, get away, give yourself that Angie time and honor that? So it's a it's an intuition of which one's going on here. And I have found that most of the time it's just I need to like get myself in the right state. And then sometimes it is, you know what? I need to take all Saturday and Sundays off now because I'm just so overwhelmed with all of the projects. So I think it's honoring your body and your mind. And, you know, we honor our bodies when we overtrain, but why don't we honor our brains when we're overworking? It's the same thing. It's possible that if overworked leads to breakdowns and stress and anxiety and all these crazy things. So I've been known to be a workaholic. And so I think this is my year of honoring Angie and knowing like, Hey, if I've been up since 6am working, it's okay to stop at five. It's, it's okay. I'm a horrible person. If I didn't work 15 hours today, like Gary, Gary V said work till I die. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally going to bring that up. Cause I'm on the same wavelength this year. And like in the era of hustle your face off, like the Gary V type entrepreneur, it's you are, feel guilty for like taking care of yourself and not doing things 24 hours a day. But the reality is if you like care about your social life or like having mental and physical health or just having any sort of work-life balance or sanity, you're going to need to have to take a step back every once in a while. Like you're not a machine, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's something where, yeah, I used to pride myself on being a machine. I used to pride myself on working more than anyone else. And now I pride myself on being working. You know, I I pride myself on one working smarter than most people where I outsource a lot, I get help, but I also pride myself on quality of life. I think Q of L is everything. When I see someone an amazing quality of life, they have a great family and they go on trips and they have, you know, have dinners together at night and they actually have quality time. And I think that is success. I think that's beautiful. And then they have the funds to still live a freedom-based lifestyle. I think that's success. I don't think it's, you have millions of dollars, but you don't have friends. You don't have a life. You don't go on vacations. You don't get to take baths, go on walks, get massages. Like what is the point of all this? If you're not actually, I'd rather make less and live more actually. So I think there's a fine line. And I think I'm at an age now where maybe it's this year and it's the moons and shit. I don't know. Or maybe it's turning 28 and the thirties around the corner and I'm reassessing life. But I really feel this pull to get back to groundedness and feeling more connected to my family and, and using this space and this time now that I've built with financial freedom to get back to my roots and what's important. And I, I just don't want to, I only want to build successful businesses if I'm also happy and have time. It's just so sad. I mean, you know, you lived in LA and there's a lot of greatness in LA, but there's a lot of people who are super wealthy, but also really unhappy, which isn't okay. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
So going back to the topic of like authenticity and how you always strive to show up like heart centered and just as yourself and like as your highest self, why do you value that so much? And like, what do you notice when you aren't fully in alignment, when you aren't fully authentic? Like what sort of things happen? Ooh, ooh, that's a juicy. I would say anxiety always. That's for me. I know misalignment brings anxiety in our bodies. So 100% brain anxiety, body feels drained, adrenal fatigue. I've had that a few times. Ooh, that's not fun. I think those for me, it, it happens very physically for me. And I feel like there's so much on my plate that I kind of then go into hermit mode and maybe I won't do anything then for a day because I'm just like, it's just too much. So yeah. Yeah. When you force things and try to like show up for things that you're not supposed to, it just, it doesn't feel good. But when you do show up and you're in alignment, like the feeling of being in flow, like you just, when, when you're there, you know it. Yep. A hundred percent. You feel it too. You know what I mean? You just like really, really feel it. It's like this feeling of just like, it's the flow state. If you entrepreneurs have heard this, it's when you kind of lose track of time and you lose track of what's going on and you don't even know. And that's just true true authenticity. I mean, you've probably done podcasts or or YouTubes where you're like, what did I just say? But I don't know, but it just felt so like me. And that's, that's the flow state as creative. I think that's the best place to be. Right. Yeah. The ideal, like the good life is always creating from a state of flow. And personally, I'm always working toward like, how can I be in flow for more hours of my day? Because it's fun. It feels good. It's not draining. And you like create cooler stuff for everyone else too. Like everyone wins when you're in flow. Oh, a hundred percent. Everyone wins. Your clients win. So many people are like, oh, but I don't want to be selfish. I'm like, if you're a wellness coach, life coach, or business coach, people are paying you and investing in you literally because you're bringing that energy, that value, that that brain clarity. There, you're bringing you to what you what you do. So if you're not feeling your best self, then you're cheating them as well. Mm. Yeah. So I think that something that intimidates people who want to pursue something like starting their own business is that they're not perfect. They're afraid to show up authentically. They're not like the foremost expert in their field. But in reality, like every single person with any degree of success still feels doubt and probably always will. But just to like qualm those introductory fears of like people that are just getting started out. Can you talk us through why vulnerability and honesty and like showing up as your true self actually helps you in your business? Yeah. Yeah. I believe we're in a time where humans don't want to buy from robots. And if you're a woman who thinks that you have to look perfect and airbrushed and be a mom of six kids and you have a six pack and you live on an island in Tahiti and, or well, maybe not Tahiti, but you live on an island and you have the perfect life. And that's all you show on Instagram. I think that's starting to actually turn off people because they're not able to grasp you and feel you. And I know you're so good at this on Instagram where you show real photos and unedited and you show that through fitness. And I think that it's so good to show that we're normal girls and really just we're humans who are doing our best, trying our best. And through our flaws and through our mistakes, we're going to teach other people how to grow through that instead of coming from this place of I'm on this pedestal, I'm elitist, I'm an influencer and follow me for to stare at my perfect body and children. Like, I think that like, it just like, I don't know. I think that the, those days are kind of fading right now. And the new thing is to be real and people want to buy from real people. They want to be friends with real people. They want to hang out with real people. And I would say that 98.965% of my audience, the reason they follow me is, well, the other parts for meatball, obviously, but <laughs> they follow me because they say, you're real. I feel like I know you. I feel like you're my friend and I can trust you. And 
that's because I don't, there's no filter. There's nothing I'm hiding. It's me. It's real. It is who you meet in person. And I think that we need to bring that back to social media and especially Instagram and a lot of these platforms. And my advice for you listening is if you're afraid to share that flaw, sometimes that flaw is what ends up being your greatest strength and asset that your audience falls in love with you for. And you can only you can only fake it so long. You're not an actress. You can't fake that you have this life or you're this type of person. And then one day be like, just kidding. (laughs) You gotta be it. And I remember when I went into business coaching, I only knew a few other business coaches online and they all were very serious and they had suits on and at their cute little perfect desk. And they were in Paris. And I was like, Oh my God, that's not me. Do I have to fake it? Should I lie? Should I make these fake ads? And then I realized, you know what, what if I was just weird and silly and, but also did business coaching and also brought value. Do I, do I think people would listen? Would they take me seriously? I was so terrified to just be me. And that's so sad because the whole point of owning a personal brand is just to be yourself. And sure enough, it worked out mostly in my favor. And I think that I'm glad that I didn't fake it and try to be somebody that I saw in an ad because that's probably not really her life in Paris anyway. (laughs) All of those curated perfect lives, like no one's life is perfect. So if anyone's life appears perfect, they're being fake. And it's exhausting to try to be fake. Like I think when I first started my Instagram, like six, seven years ago, gosh, that was a long time ago. But when I first started, like perfect fitness models were the norm in the industry, right? So like I tried to curate my feed and like make sure that everyone thought that my life was perfect. And that was exhausting. Like that did not even feel good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you're like, this isn't, what am I doing? It's like a waste of time and energy. And I just love authenticity. It's my, it's my word this year, obviously from, I took out my implants and I just, love it. And I could cry even saying this, but just having my audience write me messages and say, I loved you before you were great. And I loved you. And, but to see you do something like that, which ultimately it's not even about the boobs. It's really just about the authenticity. They just are like, I love you so much more. I didn't even know it was possible because they saw in that, that through that action was me making the decision of, I'm going to be so real this year that I'm going to take out something fake that makes me feel like I'm not aligned. And so I think that I was afraid to share that, of course, but I got a lot of mad respect that I just felt so good inside knowing, wow, I can't wait for another woman to share this with someone. And then she's inspired to be more of herself too, because that's really what it was about, you know? Right. People are just totally attracted to and drawn to other people that are living their truth and just showing up like as their true selves. And that is freaking magic. And that's such a cool thing about social media is like, not only does that work in your real life, but you can literally create this massive plugged in community just by being yourself. Like what the heck, what a time to be alive. (laughs) What a time. (laughs) It is, it is right. Super grateful, super grateful. And I see it as I'm not here to be an actress. I'm here to be Angie. And so if I have to fake my life or what, I don't know, it's like, such a waste of energy and time. I'll go do something else then. I'll, I'll just go have a nine to five job, right? I mean, the whole point of being a personal brand is you get to be you and that's what's awesome. Yeah. Going back to boob talk, I want to hear more about that. You recently explanted your implants and word on the street is that you're feeling so much better, which is amazing. But like so many women have no idea what you're even talking about. So give us the details. Yeah, I... 10 years ago, I put 330 saline implants in my body. And I know if a lot of fitness girls are listening, maybe you can relate. And and I'm coming from a place of total respect and empathy here because just seven months ago, I didn't even know this was a thing. And I 
was researching one day on the internet or, or I saw a friend's post pop up and I thought, that's so interesting. What is she talking about? And I kind of ignored it because I didn't want to believe it. Of course, like a lot of things in life, we don't want to suck it up and take radical responsibility and, and know that that's a real thing. And so I decided to forget that I saw it. And then sure enough, a few months later, again, another girl's video and post about taking out her implants due to the 50 plus chemicals that are inside the saline bag or the silicone. And that was pretty much the day where it all changed. I went to breastimplantillness.com. I started doing my research. I joined a Facebook group that has over 50,000 women. And that's women who are admitting it, obviously, on that platform that have breast implant illness or are seeing issues from their implants. And after spending about 10 minutes in there, I just started bawling. And I just knew. I was like, this is not okay. I stand for true health. I am like a total hippie, holistic health nerd. And I just can't believe that I've been preaching to people as well. You know, don't eat non-organic food and drink your filtered water. Yet here I am with these plastic bags over my heart. And that's my most important organ. And I just started to really get nervous about what did I do? What, what was I thinking 10 years ago? And I also asked myself the question, does this feel authentic anymore? Do you even like them? What's the point? And I just, it was just, it was just a no, just an all around. No, I don't want these in my body. I don't, want to do this anymore. This is not okay. And I made a consultation and he said the same thing. He's like, you know, you've mentioned that you have a few weird health things coming up over the last few years. They could definitely be from your implants that they affect your immune system directly. And the longer you have them in, the worse it gets. It's not like, yay, your body gets used to it. Like people think, no, your body is like, I am so tired of fighting this foreign object every day of my life. And I also like that the stigma on the fitness industry is that you have to be like 0% body fat with these huge boobs. And I'm just like, that's not even realistic at all. I mean, like no woman looks like that, you know? And so I think I was trying to also release this image that I wanted to get rid of and just start with a fresh, clean slate. So I got them out about a month and a half ago and I feel amazing. And one of the best decisions I've made mentally, physically, spiritually, and I'm just really excited to not have plastic in my body and I can breathe better. So that's a win. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the cliff notes, but you gals can Google breast implant illness or go to breastimplantillness.com to get all the the medical info on, on the toxicity of them. Yeah. I definitely wanted you to touch on that because I think that right now it's becoming like a more talked about topic, but it, no one knows about this stuff. Like I don't think I've ever talked about it on social media, but I actually was going to get implants like early 2017. I had consultations. I had picked a surgeon and just like something inside of me told me that it was not a good idea. Like it just wasn't for me. And so I never scheduled the surgery, but now all this stuff is coming out and I'm so glad that I didn't. So I wanted you to talk about this because I know that a lot of my listeners are young women who are of like the typical age where someone might consider getting implants. And like, it's just really important to be informed about our health. Like no one told me any of these risks. No one told me that like implants aren't safe, you know, because I'm, I'm hearing from my surgeon and like, that's their livelihood. So they're not going to tell me. You give two shits. I mean, I, <laughs> I just, I'll just say, I'll just call a spade a spade. I mean, I'm so happy we didn't get them Marie because it's, it is scary. I mean, I went into naturopathic doctors in LA and I said to them, do you believe in this? Do you think this is a real thing? And they almost laugh and they're like, to think that this is not real is absolutely ludicrous. The amount of women that are coming in here who are sick, and it doesn't have to be like on their deathbed sick. This is like 
autoimmune issues, thyroid, gaining weight, skin issues, nightly sweats. Like I would sweat through the bed, smelling like metallic odor all the time, heart palpitations. I couldn't breathe when I was doing cardio. I mean, little stuff that, yeah, I looked fine. I was living my life, but I didn't realize was not okay. And the amount of women that these doctors are seeing is like unreal. And, but no one's talking about it because no one wants you to know because they make so much money from putting them in. And it's like this black market that no one's talking about. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to talk about this because no one's fucking talking about it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, I say love your little boobies. Little boobs are in right now. It's like so cute to have little boobs. So like just rock them, you know? <laughs> totally. I'm totally there. And I think accepting who you are and like your body type and everything that you are as you are is such a powerful shift that I've gone through in the last year or so. Like I used to think that having boobs would make me happy. Being lean would make me happy. Having a lot of money would make me happy. Having a nice car would make me happy. And like, as I've acquired all of those things, I realized that that is not a cause for happiness. Like, cool. It's nice to have that stuff, but you determine your happiness based on how you think about yourself, right? Yep, absolutely. And I love myself more. I mean, it's not like my boyfriend or anyone in my life is like, oh my God, you're so, you know, like it, 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 they, like these horror stories that people think about, like, that's not what happens. You're fine. You still live life. I still have friends and loved ones and a business and my followers went up, not down. Like these things that we think, like, if I don't look this certain way, or if I'm not looking like Barbie doll, like, will people still follow me? And I just don't believe that anymore. I think people follow girls who are like, Hey, guess what? I have a zit today. Or, Hey, I'm probably, I'm not 6% body fat anymore. I don't compete anymore. Like, I think that that stuff is, is, it's so real. It's so attractive to me. At least I don't follow these perfect accounts anymore because I'm like, I, that, I don't know. I'm like, I don't even know how much that's real, you know? So it's hard in the fitness industry because there's a facade going on for sure. Oh, it totally is. But I do find that my audience now, like the community that we've built is way more connected, way more deeply rooted than it ever was when I was like competing and just sharing about like, here's what I ate today. Here's what my abs look like today. Here's what I did for cardio. Like now we're talking about real shit. We're talking about like our worth as women and our aspirations and like who we are as people, not just like what we're doing to achieve a certain look. And that has made my audience and my community so much stronger. Mm, I love that. Yeah. They love the real you behind all of that, behind the tilapia and chicken <laughs> cardio. And <laughs> for the record, I've always hated tilapia and I just refused to eat it, but I still can't eat asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Okay. On that note, talking about health stuff, you're like super open to alternative like healing modalities, stuff like that. So what are some things that you incorporate into your day-to-day -day life that like keep you healthy, biohacking stuff? I want to hear like all of the nerdy health things. Yeah, I am a total dork. Like I am into weird, weird shit. So ugh, where do I start? So I love, I'm like, where do I start? I do weird stuff. I love infrared saunas. I love float tanks. I do IV therapy every week. So I get B vitamin injections and glutathione, which is basically powerful detoxifiers. I love colonics. I am like into all of this stuff. And then CBD, of course, with launching that new line, I love CBD for anxiety, mental health, brain health. And then for vitamins, I'm just big on greens powder, of course, always tons of greens, but then I love B vitamins. I love nootropics right now. I'm obsessed with nootropics. They're basically for focus. I'm out right now and I'm really pissed because I want them right now. <laughs> They're all 
natural, I call them the natural Adderall, where it's basically just a high dosage of ginseng, basically, to get your brain to be really sharp and alert. And I would say those are my my main staples right now. I'm really into flushing out anything that's toxic, whether that's beauty products, hair products, our household is like all organic and stuff. It, John thinks I'm crazy. He's like, what the heck is going on? And then especially makeup and stuff like that too. Yeah. I think I'm just a big stickler on good quality sleep. And then I'm obsessed with Mountain Valley spring water because I won't drink LA water. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot to tell you earlier when you were telling like our LA stories, but when I moved there, we had our water tested because I was like, I think we should get a filter. So I ended up getting like a, a standalone filter connected to our water line, but they did a free water quality test. And I believe the rating was from like zero to 500 as far as like toxins and things in the water and like anything under 300 they considered safe and our water tested at 392 out of 500. Oh my god that's horrible. Yeah yeah and that was like city water in Venice and it was so bad. So I am a snob about water. People think I'm crazy and I'm like I I freak out. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. And it's actually really refreshing to hear an entrepreneur and someone who like works really hard, just appreciate like their health and take care of themselves. Cause I think sometimes that really gets forgotten about and like people think they're machines and they also think that like conventional medicine is the only way to take care of yourself. And that's just so not true. So I love that you talk about all this stuff. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. You could get me on a rant for... 16 hours, but your health is everything. My health comes before my business, 110%. I'll say that right now. My health comes way before my business. And I was just telling my friend this the other day that I wake up every day thinking, obviously, what would make me joyful, but also what's going to keep me healthy? I'm obsessed with, I have a trainer now I've hired. I have meals delivered. I have fresh water delivered. I'm obsessed with being the healthiest and happiest human. And I think that the most successful entrepreneurs that are able to endure what it takes to be a speaker, writer, author, leader, coach, influencer, whatever. I mean, that's, these are powerful positions that require a ton of energy. My body is exhausted if I don't do these things. And my job is super energy rich. I'm on podcasts all day or I'm coaching people or in meetings. I mean, I'm literally talking or inspiring people all day long. It's a lot and I love it. But if I don't take care of me and this vessel and this physical body, what am I doing? And Again, I don't think it's cool to make a lot of money, but be like morbidly obese or you're super sick. I mean, how is that success? That's not, that's not okay. That's not healthy. And it's just, that's not happiness to me. So yes. Oh, I love it. We're so on the same page with that, but I think that might be a good place to transition into a few rapid fire questions. Yeah. My favorite part. (laughs) They're so fun, right? I don't know what it is, but it's just. I don't know. It's great. So number one, what is, or what was your favorite childhood TV show? Oh, well, Barney when I was real <laughs> young, but, um, Oh, Hey Arthur. <laughs> Wait, Hey Arnold. Is that what you're saying? Oh, Hey Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> hey Arthur. I called it Hey Arthur. There is Arthur hey too. Ar- They're both great. <laughs> Do you remember Hey Arnold? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, those shows were so good. And like all of the kids shows that are on nowadays, are not oh, nearly as good. And so I get on like the back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Cartoon oh, God, Network. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. Best lazy weekend activity. Going to Irwan, Irwan, whatever mm-hmm. it's called here, getting some delicious sushi 
and then going to the beach. And then we go to this place called Unplug, which is a meditation center in Santa Monica where you bliss out. And we love going to like sound bath classes or aromatherapy classes. Yeah. There's so much of that stuff in LA and I wish I would have taken more advantage of it. Like I didn't really go to any of like the woo woo meditation float places, saunas. Like I should have really taken more advantage of that. Is that in Austin at all or no? It is. It's just not like as everywhere, but there definitely are. There's, there are float labs. There are like infrared sauna places. There are more like holistic hippie yoga studios, stuff like that. So don't worry when you move here, you'll have options. Yay. Okay. So there is There's like healthy people there for sure. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. People here are like hip and really open to like alternative stuff and woo woo and all about like the vibes and stuff. So you, you will like it. Yay. Yeah. Hippie vibes. Yeah. And there are all sorts of like organic, vegan, paleo, like all sorts of different restaurants and like everywhere menus have gluten-free and vegan and like there's everything that you could ever need. Oh my God. This sounds like my dream place. Yep. Yep. Speaking of dream places, if you could book a dream vacation right now, where would you go and who would you take with you? Probably Greece Mm, and bring my mom, my boyfriend, me, my brother, if he wasn't annoying me. And I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So I just bring a few friends and my mom and go to Greece. Yeah, that's epic. Greece is really high on my list, but I have so many places I want to go to. Mm -hmm. What food best describes your personality? What food describes my personality? This is so funny. I would say like blueberries, you know, like, yeah, like they're cute and they're like, (laughs) they're delicious, but they're also, you know, they kind of like playful, like a blueberry, but it's also like really potent and good for you. A little bit like (laughs) tart and spunky, but also kind of sweet and also like really nourishing. Oh my God. Yes. We just pulled this out of our butt. This is great. (laughs) Love it. Okay, last last one. If you could turn any activity into an Olympic sport, an Olympic sport that you would have the best chance of winning the gold medal in, what would that be? Honestly, I think, well, two things come up. One, I do secretly want to be a stand-up comedian one day. Hopefully, we'll see. And then bowling, I'm like actually a good bowler, but I like do underhand and I like chuck it down the aisle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god! But that is a real Olympic sport, I think. (laughs) Probably. I'm. I'm not really sure. That's not usually one of the sports that I like tune into, but it's probably a thing. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I. I definitely would do. I'd be a bowler. I'd be a bowler. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cool. And you would wear like a nice bowling shirt and the shoes. Oh yeah, I would look super dorky. And okay, the grind and be grateful question. What is one big goal that you're currently grinding toward? And what's one thing that you're hugely grateful for? I would say, I feel like I have a few I'm grinding for. Ooh, if I had to pick one. Honestly, of course, the event pays to be brave. But I feel like more than anything, it, it is the CBD line right now because running it with a family member is, is amazing. And I have a mission to build one of the largest CBD brands in the country, if not the world. And that's a big endeavor. But it's, it's rooted with passion and I'm just so excited. And I would say that's what I'm grinding for right now. And I'm grateful that I do get to work with a family member. I mean, it's so cool to know that life's coming full circle and we get to share that success together financially and emotionally. And I can't think of anything better. So I would say my grind and my grateful kind of go together. Love it. I'm so excited to try your products. I'm like super into CBD. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's really exciting. I'm sure people want to know where to find you because they're like, damn, Angie's really cool. So where where can they find you? Where can they find your CBD? Where can they sign up for your event? Plug yourself. Yeah, yeah. AngieLee.com. And you can see the Pays to Be Brave event is there or PaysToBeBrave.com. MySoulCBD.com. You can grab a flavor of CBD. We've got all the juicy, amazing flavors. We're one of the best tasting in the world, which is amazing too, because sometimes CBD can taste like butt. Ours does not. And then at Angie Lee Show on Instagram, that's where I'm hanging out, being weird. And I Insta story all the time. So you could say hi over there. And if you liked listening to Angie talk, you have a podcast. Oh yeah. Oops. (laughs) I forgot that I have a podcast. The Angie Lee Show. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Everyone go stalk Angie. Let her know where you first met her. Tell her I sent you and show her lots of love because she's awesome. Thank you so much, Angie. Oh, thank you. I loved this. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave a show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you. So your feedback matters. Plus it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends. Thank you.